Good morning. It's Friday, July 30th. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Health officials have been fighting the coronavirus for more than a year now, but the war has changed. That's according to an internal CDC document obtained by The Washington Post. It says the Delta variant appears to cause more severe illness than previous variants, and it also spreads as easily as chickenpox. The Post says this document has a tone of urgency, and it played an important role in the CDC changing its mask guidelines earlier this week, saying even vaccinated people should be wearing masks indoors in areas with high transmission. The report cites a data analysis of one outbreak that indicates vaccinated people were spreading Delta. This CDC document also calls for the agency to improve its public messaging. Vaccinations are a critical part of protecting people against COVID and preventing hospitalizations and deaths. But the people who wrote this document worry so-called breakthrough infections of vaccinated people are undermining confidence in vaccines. The report comes at a time when concerns about the fast-spreading Delta variant are pushing governments and businesses to get stricter about vaccinations. And that goes all the way to the top, with President Biden rolling out new rules for federal employees and incentives for other Americans to get their shots. Tomorrow... A major federal eviction moratorium is set to expire. President Biden is calling on Congress to extend it. But without swift action from lawmakers, millions of people could be forced out of their homes in the coming days and weeks. The Guardian has details on this story. Census data shows more than 12 million renters recently said, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pay next month's rent. Congress authorized nearly $47 billion in rental assistance, but only a small fraction of that money has actually reached renters who need it. That delay is making matters even worse. But if the moratorium expires, some renters may still be protected by local programs barring evictions. Some may be covered by other federal rules against eviction. So the threat will vary from place to place, with some states seeing a trickle of evictions and others seeing an avalanche. COVID disrupted so many parts of our lives, and we are only now starting to understand the bigger consequences of stay-at-home orders and paused social services. A new ProPublica investigation looks into possible connections with rising murders. Last year, the nationwide homicide rate surged 25%, Decades of progress in reducing violent crime have just been wiped out. One of those cities that is now back to its worst levels ever is Philadelphia. The sixth biggest city in the country had 499 homicides last year. That was one shy of their all-time worst in 1990. That's ProPublica reporter Alec McGillis. He took an in-depth look at the killings in Philadelphia as a way to understand what's going on in the whole country. The violence has hit communities of color especially hard. McGillis told us that while there's no single reason to explain this increase, one element overshadows the others. The biggest factor, really, that we looked at was the pandemic. And 
Philadelphia went longer than just about any city with high schools closed. And then on top of that, just all the other closures that came with that. The rec centers, the libraries, the pools were closed all last summer in Philadelphia. The courts essentially completely shut down. So you had all these different cases that were essentially just delayed for more than a year. All of these shutdowns meant that key social services were shuttered, including programs designed to engage young people and deter violence. McGillis says many of the people he spoke to believed that these programs helped prevent crime. And when they all effectively froze at once, it was a sort of unintended stress test revealing how important those programs were. McGillis frames it this way. The sudden drop in social services was layered on top of other possible factors. Philadelphia made some changes to criminal justice policy. It stopped seeking bail from people arrested for illegal gun possession, so defendants wouldn't be sitting in jail for months. Also, police-community relations took a major hit following social justice uprisings last summer. Gun sales? They soared. And that flooded cities with illegal firearms. Now city leaders across the U.S. are trying to unravel these layers to understand how each one of them may have contributed to this spike in violence. The full ProPublica story is on the Apple News app. McGillis's reporting is also going to be featured on the Today Explained podcast from Vox. When Olympians win in Tokyo, you see them on the podium. They're wearing medals around their neck and carrying a bouquet. Next time you see this, focus on that colorful little bouquet. These aren't just any flowers. They were carefully chosen to carry a message about remembrance and rebuilding. NPR explains, these flowers are meant to commemorate the lives of people who died in the earthquake and subsequent tsunami that devastated Japan in 2011. Eustomas are the ruffled green flowers from Fukushima. After the deadly tsunami, the nuclear disaster there damaged the soil. Radiation levels in the area were too high to grow vegetables that would be safe to eat, but it was safe enough to grow flowers, and eustomas have thrived. Beautiful, bright yellow sunflowers are also part of the Olympic bouquet. They're grown in Miyagi. When the tsunami hit, 10,000 people there were killed or went missing, including some children. There's this hillside where parents planted sunflowers to honor children they lost. And every year, when the flowers bloom... That hillside turns bright yellow. So the next time you see an Olympian holding that victory bouquet, know that each flower has a very specific meaning about loss, hope, and rising again. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. Plus, check out our weekend interview show, In Conversation. This week, I sit down with best-selling author Roxane Gay. We talked about her profile of Khalees in Harper's Bazaar. It's about the surprising life this pop star built outside of the music business. She's running a farm now. Enjoy that weekend listen. We'll be back with the news on Monday. <laughs>